you challenged me to do something that was a little bit outside of my comfort zone in an area that wasn't uh, top of mind to me. So I'll do the same. I'll challenge people out there who are like me in that environmental concerns are not at the top of their list to find something like you've helped me find that they could go do that would make the world a better place and uh, try it out for a week. See if you like it. See if you're mad at me along the way and, and get happier with me at the end, end of the week. And if you're mad at me, you can just be mad at Josh and happy. You can be happy with me. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you. Hear their struggles. And then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. Today with Paul, we get right down to business. We'll hear about his takeout experience and his evolving relationship with me that prompted by this experience. So you hear that it was one way at the beginning and then changed to another way towards the end. We'll also hear about how his experience is related to his relationship with his wife, because it turns out she started doing something related to these challenges and they connected on that. You'll also hear me several times feel at the edge of my seat. Like I say, ah, you have me at the edge of my seat, which I attribute to his storytelling experience and his storytelling teaching experience. So I asked him if he created that effect. I hope you feel it too, on purpose or if it was by accident. And we'll get to hear his answer, the answer of a storytelling expert, a storytelling teaching expert on how he got me at the edge of my seat. So that'll be towards the end. So let's listen to Paul. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. I'm here with Paul Smith. Paul, how are you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm good. Thanks for having me back on. Glad to have you back. And I'm curious how things have gone. Now, I'm going to recount what I remember. At first, you're like, what can I do? You tell me things that I could do. And then it came out that there was something you felt viscerally guilty about that I, no one had to tell you about. And then something else came up about the, that. Was, so that was the movie theater stuff. And then at one point you said, well, my wife does on the, all the cooking. There's nothing I can really do about the cooking. But then you ate out a lot too, or you uh, went to take out a lot. Uh, not take out, drive through I guess. Yeah, 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 same thing. Yeah, a lot, a lot of extra packaging with takeout, drive through stuff. And those things didn't, that latter one didn't affect you as much, it sounded like. But um, a lot of people are like, what can I do? There's nothing I can do. But I think a lot of people have stuff that they can do that they kind of, I think they kind of file it under, I don't like the way that makes me feel, so I'd rather not think about it. But that to me is like um, denial. You know, it's like putting it out as opposed to resolving it. So that's my memory. Is, is that about what it was for you? Yeah, yeah. So, so my commitments were two things. One was to go a week without buying takeout food or drive-through food, or both. And then secondly, to not go to that movie theater that loads me up with a ridiculous amount of, of not even compost, uh, landfill garbage, or to just not eat food while I'm there or something. So yeah, those are my two commitments. So are you, are you ready for me to tell you what I did or didn't do? Yeah, you have me on the edge of the seat. <laughs> so, 
So I, I didn't eat drive through or take out for a whole week. Uh-huh. And it was easy for the first couple of days because, you know, it was just a couple of days. But then by the third day, I was like, you know, I'd rather just go through the drive through uh-huh. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I started eating more leftovers uh-huh. just from the dinner that my wife had made the night before or my leftovers from lunch yesterday. So I just, I just stayed home and didn't go get new food. I just ate left. So it wasn't as exciting uh, of eating because I, well, I had just eaten this meal the night before and now I'm eating more of the same thing. But what happened was, well, three things. I guess one, I, I didn't create more landfill garbage for a whole week that I normally would have. I spent less time on my lunch break. Like I didn't need to get in the car and drive and go somewhere and get some food and bring it back. I just walked into the kitchen and made leftovers. And third, I probably saved a, f- a fair amount of money on food because I that food would have gotten thrown away. Like those leftovers boiled and we would have just thrown them away. So I think three good things things came from that exercise, uh-huh. right? So let me pause there and let you react to that before I tell you about the movie theater. Okay. Oh, now I have me more on the edge of the seat, but I'm going to keep myself on the edge of the seat. So you talked about the what happened. I'm also curious about how it felt. What was the emotional tenor of this and the relationship part of it? How did your wife, wife react? So there was more, ask me again about my wife's reaction when we talk about the movie theater, because there, there was definitely was a, a follow really through there. I'm really my seat now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the, the only, the emotional thing that happened with the uh, eating out didn't have anything to do with my wife. It had to do with you. And I was kind of pissed at you for a while <laughs> like, because you made me do this. And I was in my comfort zone, you know, every day for lunch and just going and getting the sushi that I wanted or whatever. And so I was probably mad at you for a little while. And then by the end of the week, I realized, gosh, I, I got more work done this week because I didn't spend all that time driving back and forth to the restaurants and I didn't fill up the landfill and I didn't waste a bunch of food. So you actually saved me time and money this week. So I, st- I stopped being at that point. And did that stick or was it like, because it's maybe at the end of the week, you're like, well, that was nice. And I went from being annoyed at Josh or pissed at Josh to appreciating something. But really, I, I like sushi. Yeah, so there, there's a little of both. I mean, so I, I definitely like sushi. So I think at the end of the week, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to just eat leftovers for lunch every day. But it made me think, well, I, but I don't want to do takeout for lunch every day either. I liked not having to even get in the car and go somewhere. I liked the fact that I wasn't throwing food away. I liked the fact that I saved time and I got more work done. So a lot of those things were good and I recognized I want to do that more, but yeah, not every, not every day. So I, I think I want a, a healthier mix. I think it was a, an unhealthy mix of, well, I just, I was in the habit of eating out for lunch every day. And I think that was a bad habit. So now I want to break that habit and have, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, 50, 50 or 70, 30 or something, but it's going to be more than zero, a hundred, right? I want to, I want to stay at home more often, eat more leftovers and, and do that more often than I have in the past. Okay. So it sounds like you'll make a choice more intentionally with more deliberate, with more purpose. And it's not going to be a hundred percent. It'll be, you, you'll find out where that mix is, where that balance is. You know, something that when we were talking, it was the end of, I think somewhere around an hour that we were talking in the conversation and I'm sensitive. Like I think people, when they see an hour, they, they might not download the episode. So I wanted not to go too much longer. And something that I didn't do effectively with you was to, we'd gone back and forth on a couple of things. And it ended with 
a lot of times when I end the conversation, the person feels like, when I ask the person, are you doing this for me? They'll say, well, you prompted it, but I'm really doing it for me. Mm -hmm. And you weren't quite there. So I'm not sure how much you were doing it for me and how much you you were doing it for yourself. And I view that as my not, my technique didn't work that well, or I didn't do it quite so effectively, or I was limited by time. And so didn't get the time to explore your feelings and your motivation on, in these areas. Well, I mean, I, I'll probably give you the same answer now that I, I did then, and you can go back and listen to the tape and we'll find out. But, um, I mean, of course I was doing it because you asked me to, I, w- I wouldn't have done it for any other reason I, that, that I wasn't planning already to make some kind of changes in my environmental footprint before I had that conversation with you and you challenged me to do something. So I accepted your challenge. But if your question is, did you do it because I challenged you or because you really, really want to do this? No, I did it because you challenged me. I wasn't going to do this otherwise. And it's, that is not my cause. The, the environment is your personal cause. I have causes, you have causes, other people have causes. This isn't mine. This is yours. But you effectively challenged me to do it uh, in a way that I, I, I wasn't offended by that challenge. I, I took it as a, a healthy challenge. And so while I didn't want to go do it, <laughs> You know, I, I tried it and uh, good for challenging me to do something good for the world that pushed me out of my comfort zone a little bit. But hey, absolutely, I did it because you challenged me. It wasn't my thing. So I'll, I'll send you an episode. It, you can listen to it or not. Uh, but like it comes to John Lee Dumas comes to mind. I don't know if you've met him yet, but uh, he's got his, John Lee Dumas just comes to mind as one of the, and when I first asked him, does the environment mean, mean much to you? He was like, not really. It's not an issue for me. And eventually it, it connected with something that he ended up doing it eventually for himself. I prompted him, but he was doing something that he mattered to him and he wasn't like complying with my request. I believe that I'd walked him through to a point where he felt like this is something I want to do. I want to do this for me. Good for him. Mm-hmm. But I think you're putting pressure on yourself to have to have this kind of interaction be one where you've kind of like been my psychologist and had me get in touch with my inner environmentalist and you just got that to come out of me instead. I I think you should be happy with what you did in this case. I think what you did in this case was challenge me to do something that I didn't want to do and I wouldn't have done otherwise. And at the end of the week, I I think I told you I was happy that I did it. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad you challenged me to do it. And and I think that's a good thing. And I, I, I think you're expecting too much what you've challenged me to do that, that, that you're supposed to have gotten me to only do it for my own self. And I don't think you need to put that kind of pressure on yourself. To me, it's the difference between leadership and management that I think I managed you into something. Management is great. Leadership is great. I tend to think, I mean, I tend to think leadership without management is dreamers. Sometimes they'll, they'll think about stuff. They won't always get it done. Management without leadership, I think is the DMV. You know, it gets you your driver's license, but I don't want to work there. I'm, I'm glad that people do. And for some people, it's perfect. And management and the leadership, I think together, you can get amazing things done. And I think what, what happened with us was a, a management issue. It was more management, but not a, not a lot of leadership. I don't know that I agree with that. I think leadership is challenging people to do their best, even if they don't want to. To me, management would have been if you... T- uh, I don't know, Paul, look, if you don't uh, go do this, you're fired or something, or I'm going to do something bad to you, or I, I don't know what kind of leverage you have over me, but I'm going to, I'm going to exert that power over you and just make you do it. That's sounds like more management to me. You, that to me, I could be- have told you, no, I could have said, 
look, Josh, let's just get my new book and, and I don't want to talk about any of this silly environmental nonsense. You know, I, I could have said that, but I didn't. I said, okay, well, let's have this conversation. Let's see where it goes. So I, I, I accepted your challenge. I, I think that's good leadership. You didn't bully me into it. That, that might have been mm-hmm. management. Oh, no, I wouldn't think of that as, uh, I don't know how to put it. I'll, just, I'll send you the, the John Lee Dumas episode. And, and if you get the chance to listen to it, it might be something to, anyway, let's go on to, to the movie theater stuff. Yeah, so just to remind you, so this is one of these those new movie theaters where you, the seats recline all the way and you know, they've got a restaurant and they'll bring you food on this big tray and it's just got a ridiculous amount of packaging, you know, and when you're done with the movie, instead of just throwing away a, you know, a, a Coke cup and an empty bag of popcorn, you're throwing away all kinds of plastics and paper and covers and plastic covers and it just... It seems like there's more weight of packaging than there was of food that you consumed. And so every time I go to that movie theater, when we leave, I just feel awful about myself for that. I don't know why they need all that packaging, but you know that's what they do. So my commitment was to uh, either not go there or or eat uh, or, or don't eat while I'm there. And I haven't gone to that theater since we had that conversation, but the truth is I just, I hadn't had time anyway. You know, our lives have just been really busy. So the experiment hasn't gone long enough for me to actually make a choice to not go. Um, I just didn't have time. However, in having this conversation with my wife, I told her about our conversation and she has just recently started buying food, like not cooked, but prepared food that she can cook for us, but it comes in these packages where all the foods already cut and measured in all the right amounts that all you have to do is, okay, just mix these together, put this in the oven, put this in the pot and boil for 20 minutes, you know, and then all the right amounts will come out for a family of four. It's like Blue Apron or there's a couple of different competitors who are doing this. Yeah. This isn't that one, but it's one like that, Uh right? So you just, you pull out the box, open the box and inside the box are lots of little boxes and you open those little boxes and all the foods are already sliced and diced and all you have to do is cook it. And the instructions are right there. And she did that because, you know, she and I both have jobs. We have two kids. It's just busy. And she was looking for a way to make the nighttime cooking routine, not only faster and easier, but healthier. And, and to give her more, she just has to think about all the, what am I going to cook for dinner? And this way it's all, all the thinking is done. You order it all and it just shows up every day. And so anyway, uh, she was, was trying this and after a few days, we're like, well, this is good. We like the food. It's healthy. It certainly made things easier. But she was like, but man, I am throwing away so much plastic and paper and stuff. Whereas if I just go to the grocery store, it all comes home in a bag, one bag. And But but now it's, it's the same. It's kind of like the movie theater, uh-huh. right? There's more packaging than there is food. So it, And that struck her as that's not good. So while there were definitely benefits to all of this, prepared food, I don't think she's going to renew the subscription because of the packaging issue. So your challenge to me, I haven't been able to execute it yet because we just haven't had a desire to go to the movies yet, but it did affect my family in, in that way. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable. Join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it. 
changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. So you had had the conversation with her before the shipment started coming in or after? After. So she had done that and separately, like as far as she knows, she, she's like, I'm going to try out this service, this product, I don't know what you call it. And she starts doing it. And then totally unrelated from her, but her husband comes in and is like, you know, I want to try to avoid this movie theater because of all that garbage. And she's like, that's funny you mention it because I've been dealing with all this garbage in the kitchen. Is it something like that for her? Yeah, that's basically what happened. So it was a, like, for her, it's just a big coincidence. For you, it's kind of a big coincidence too. Like, oh, you just mentioned to her and she's like, yeah, tell me about it. Look at what we've got going on here. Yeah, in fact, we were having a conversation while I was eating one of those yummy dinners. <laughs> <laughs> what was it yummy? I mean, is it? It, it was, the food was great. I, I like it. So it's a, it's a good idea, but there's a trade-off. And the mm-hmm. trade-off is there's going to be a lot of packaging that goes into a landfill. And so absent our conversation, possibly you wouldn't have had the conversation with her and she might've renewed it automatically and just not really thought about it. Probably so. Okay. Interesting. And so how does it affect the relationship? If I'm not, I don't mean to pry. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I liked the food, but I think it was, it was good that we found ourselves on the same page principally on the impact of, on the environment of the decisions that we were making. So I appreciated having that conversation with my wife and realizing that we both shared that concern of specifically buying things where the packaging probably outweighs the thing that you're buying, mm-hmm. which I don't know if there's any magic to that ratio, but something about that just feels wrong. And yeah, that was nice to know that we were had a similar reaction to that as opposed to her going, well, that's silly. We should just go and enjoy the movie. Who cares how much packaging, you know, like she could have been in a very different place than me, but it was, I think it was a healthy thing for a relationship to find that out. Cool. Yeah. I'm not married. So that hasn't happened with me. I could tell you that when I, before I gave myself my first challenge to avoid packaged food, I would guess that every meal I've ever eaten in my entire life had packaged food in it. And the idea of avoiding it, I would have no idea what to do because I go to the supermarket. I mean, a lot of times I come home, there's a little, my building has, it's a separate entrance, but it's the same physical building. There's a little deli. And a lot of times I come home and I just get a can of chili and a, or a can of soup and I just heat it up. It was very quick and easy. And the idea of not having that convenience was like, what am I going to do? And there's a, there was actually a sushi place down the block from me. Because, right, in Manhattan, I, just walking home, I can get takeout from like 15 different places without it, like crossing one street. And then the way you're describing the movie theater and the, the food service thing that you're using, you, you keep saying that. I keep thinking, that's how I think of Whole Foods or of like any supermarket. When I'm in line at a market, I look at the other people's um, carts. And it's very, like, even when I'm in Whole Foods, and by the way, I don't shop there. It's like, I'm, I'm only there when I'm with friends and they're getting stuff. And I look around at the other stuff. It's like every single thing, no one is getting just fruit or vegetables. And if they are getting fruits or vegetables, they're all in like many, many plastic bags. But rarely do they actually get that. I think that's more of a lost leader. I think, I don't know how much fresh fruits and vegetables Whole Foods sells because there's, there's a little deli thing where people, I think there's a lot more stuff that they sell there. And I don't know when this happened that, I mean, I started shopping at farmer's markets and very convenient for me. Well, not very convenient. It's still like a couple miles round trip walking, but I love it. And I bring my own bag. So there's no packaging. And I don't know when that change happened that now I can't, I just don't even think of going to the other places 
But the me at the beginning, there's no way I could have conceived of that. There's no way without having taken steps. And there's many, many steps along the way of like slowly get like going to fewer aisles in the supermarket, then trying a farmer's market, then favoring the farmer's market, then a while passing without going to the market at all. And then like last week I came home one time. No, it was a couple of weeks ago I came home. I was so tired. It was late. I wanted to go to sleep, and, but I was super hungry. And I just threw some vegetables in the pressure cooker and a stew came out minutes later. And I was like, that was so much faster than had I ordered takeout. And so my kitchen is now set up so that it's faster for me just to eat stuff that's real fresh food. from the farm. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it just happened. Mm. Yeah. Well, good, good for you. I don't know exactly where we'll end up, but uh, I, I think you nudged us into a, a better place. So I'm curious if you're up to sharing after it happens, maybe six months from now, after the, the movie theater experience has right. evolved. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. So I'm glad to, that you shared that experience. And I'm, I'm also in the back of my mind paying attention. All, every time I said I'm at the edge of my seat, I'm thinking, this guy's a storyteller. And I, I'm not sure if he's doing it on purpose of like creating a, a tension that I want resolved. Yeah. And it probably just comes naturally now. That's what I was wondering. If, um, if you were doing it on purpose, because I really felt like, I'm partly thinking I want to take notes and like, what's he doing? Is he doing it automatically or is he doing it deliberately? So you weren't doing it deliberately. Well, I mean, the, the deliberate part was to separate the two conversations. So we've got the thing about me eating takeout and the thing about the movie theater. And so I, what I didn't want to do was let me give you the short answer to both of them. And then let's go back and talk about each one individually. So that was an intentional thing because I wanted to, wanted to be able to tell you the story and have you react to it and have us have that conversation and then talk about the second thing uh, by itself. Uh, so yeah, that, that was intentional. But then when I'm telling you about it, I, wasn't, I, I don't have to think through the eight steps to a, a story anymore because I've, I've been teaching it and doing it for so many years now. I mean, I, I, I know the process of telling a story and it, it's just a habit now. But I did intentionally split the conversation so that we could easily, I could easily tell the story and then tell another story and it wouldn't be ruined. If I gave you the summary up front and we got, did each one individually, it would have kind of ruined, there'd be no surprise ending there'd, you know, you wouldn't have been on the edge of your seat. So that part was a choice. Okay, cool. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. How about when I mentioned, when I asked about your wife and you said, well, let's get to that. I was like, that seemed, I felt like, okay, we've introduced a character and once the obviously a wife is not just a random person in your life. So it's an important character and you're like, hold on. And I was like, that was really makes me want to hold on. Yeah. The same thing. I mean, you, yeah, any good storyteller, you want to create some tension and some curiosity that will be satisfied later in the story. And that's, that's one of the techniques that, you know, we, I don't, I don't remember if we had time to talk about that last time, but that's one of the techniques to create a surprise and some, uh, drama and intrigue in the story is introducing part of a concept, but not the rest of it, which creates interest. So create, I think of somewhere I learned along the line, create open loops that you can later close. That, mm, yeah, ooh, that's a good, I've not heard that, but I think that's a good uh, metaphor. I didn't make it up, so credit to someone else. I like it. All right, so I'd like to wrap up with uh, a couple questions. Is there anything I didn't think to ask that's worth bringing up? And anything you want to say directly to listeners? Uh, well, no to the first question. I mean, I guess it's our second conversation. We probably talked about most of the things we need to. Anything I want to say directly to the- It could be related to what we were talking about. It could be just a message of yours. No, let, let's keep it on theme. So 
you challenged me to do something that was a little bit outside of my comfort zone in an area that wasn't uh, top of mind to me. So I'll, I'll do the same. I'll challenge people out there who are like me in that environmental concerns are not at the top of their list to find something like you've helped me find that they could go do that would make the world a better place and uh, try it out for a week and see if you like it. See if you're mad at me along the way and, and get happier with me at the end of, end of the week. And if you're mad at me, you can just be mad at Josh and happy. you can be happy with me. I'll take that. And uh, I'm going to add that if they do that, then to contact you or me and share how it went, if you're up for it. Very good. Paul Smith, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me back on. It was a, a worthwhile and worthy conversation. Thank you. Separate from Paul's experience, you heard me at a loss to convey my technique and the effect that I like to create in the guest. And, you know, he said, you should be happy with what happened. And, and I am. But I wish I could have connected more with something already there in him. So I felt like it was more he was complying with a request or taking on a challenge that I gave him as opposed to finding something inside him. There's a quote, I'm going to misstate it, from Eisenhower where he says, leadership or motivation is getting the other person to do your thing for their reason. I was trying for something like that. I generally do. Anyway, you heard me struggling with how to get this across. I'm struggling now to get across what I felt was there. And I get this effect sometimes. So if anyone listening to this sees what I'm missing and can explain to me, let me know. Anyway, I'm glad with how things went. Even if it was a challenge, I'm glad to hear how the relationship evolved and that it's making, I feel like there's a lasting difference. It's not just because of me, but because of his personal experiences. And I look forward, hopefully, to talking to him again hearing how things went with the movie experience, which sound like it was connecting with something more visceral. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.